Episode 630 of the show radio, we remember Kevin Conroy. We talk about Hideo Kojima's ventures. And we also talk about The Witcher Blood Origin. 630. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show radio. This is episode 630 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, and I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. Make sure you subscribe to the show radio podcast available on all podcast platforms. Uh, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also join the Discord. Stay up to date on what we are working on and what we're doing. So this episode, we're going to cover uh, at the very top, uh, Kevin Conroy. Uh, remembering Kevin Conroy, we're also going to talk about Hideo Kojima's ventures uh, and, of course, The Witcher Blood Origin. So, Daniela, how are you? I, well, honestly, I'm kind of sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm good. It's a lot. So, so yeah, I definitely want you to start, you know, because you're, you're a bigger DC uh, fan than I am. Uh, so uh, let's, uh, let's talk about it a little bit. Well, it was, it was definitely a very sad day. I mean, um, just, just to see that news first thing in the morning and I'm like, Oh, that that's Batman. That's, that's, that's the Batman I grew up with. And I think it, it's hard to not associate Batman with, with uh, Kevin Conroy. I mean, there's a lot of live action, great people who have played Batman, but for many, many people, he was the voice. He brought Batman to life for so many of us. Um, And they're really, I mean, there's other people who have voiced Batman and they have been great, but, it's Kevin Conroy, no matter what. Um, there's just nobody like him. I mean, he's also did Captain Sunshine on the Venture Brothers, and he brought that character to life. But it's it's ultimately like he's Bruce Wayne. He is Batman, and he's done so for man, how long now? <laughs> Pretty much my entire life. <laughs> yeah, for so. Sure. Um, that, that was really, that, that one broke my heart. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I um... of, of course I had to like, okay, of course I have to go back and watch some animated series. Um, I went back and watched the killing joke. Um, there's, right. there's one that I, I really like that. I thought like, cause Batman's always serious and he's always played him so well, but there's this, uh, there's a short from um, the Justice League action where he actually plays the good cop or the good guy in there. Well, he's always a good guy, but he's like, he plays the good cop um, with with Superman playing the bad cop that I thought was just a great little, little short and little clip that I thought was really funny and, you know, brought a little bit of laughter to me on a sad day. <laughs> right. But I just like just seeing seeing all the all the people that he's worked with posting all these pictures and behind the scenes and and them like hanging out and candid shots. It's that was nice and warming. I think Twitter, Instagram needed some some light on that day. Mm. I don't want to talk about that. I'm so sad. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we'll move quickly from it. So I, I definitely I mean, want to say, you, like, you when you think your of input on it, it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll add and then we'll move on. So when you think of Kevin Conroy, well, for me, I think of, you know, Mask of the Phantasm. I think of uh, the Arkham games, uh, the Killing Joke I did see. And, and even as recent, from what I understand, there was a filming happening of 
Batman Cape Crusader, where he was going to do the voice of uh, Thomas Wayne. So uh, for me, you even go back with uh, the animated series uh, back in 92, give or take. And just, you know, that voice is iconic. That voice made many of us feel like we were Batman. Right. And I think that um, always going to be remembered. uh, This is the voice that we know as Batman that will live on forever. And uh, I am going to cherish the memories that I have of watching all the shows uh, and even the games that still represent this iconic voice that we hear every time we, you know, turn on and press play uh, or, you know, play the actual uh, games, you know, or an interactive experience where we hear his voice, his amazing voice. Right. So so these things I'm going to cherish. And um, these are my thoughts. So we're going to miss, uh, you know, Kevin Conroy. And his contributions uh, or the future contributions we would have seen, you know, if he was still with us. But I'm going to cherish the ones that we can um, enjoy uh, today. So you have Batman the Killing Joke. You have the Arkham games. You have Mask of the Phantasm. uh, You have uh, the animated series. So uh, there are different ways that we can enjoy. And even when we're reading the comic books, um, the voice that we hear when we are reading the comic books. It is Kevin Conroy's voice. So, so his voice will live forever. And, and these are the memories that I, that I choose to cherish. Very well okay. said. And, and, and we will move from there. So, so Battlefield, um, we'll miss you. RP, uh, rest, rest in peace for sure. Uh, we will miss you. So Battlefield 2042 is coming to Xbox game pass ultimate and EA play. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> They're trying. <laughs> They're trying, for sure. They're trying. They're trying to keep it alive. But uh, with Modern Warfare 2, um, might be a little bit hard. Yeah. I, I think uh, yeah. Battlefield definitely still has an audience and still has um, a gamer base for those who prefer that type. Um, it just, I just feel like it's getting to the point where it's not as popular and and that's not a bad thing it's okay so they're just trying to you know make sure to keep that audience drawn in new or have players come back um and by any means and i think any game tries to do that through the life cycle that each game has yeah it's um so so my my thing with this is it feels like well i'll just say this i hope this isn't like last resort right you know, there are certain titles when they launch, they um, they launch on the pass or what have you. But uh, so according to this, Battlefield 2042 would be available for Game Pass Ultimate and EA Play subscribers with the launch of season three. So there is a launch happening for it to show up. But it is because um, I don't think this would be a case if a lot of folks are actually uh, playing it and it was active in a lot of the the minds and hearts of the people. Right. So. So I think that there's like it feels like a last resort to save a title that potentially can be good from what I've seen and from what I've played. And then the other side of it, too, in the midst of all that, Battlefield One is kind of like uh, coming up again. Right. A lot of folks are are playing Battlefield One. So rather than going you know further back to well, rather than going to Battlefield Five, folks are going to Battlefield One. Uh, they're not going to Battlefield 4, which to me is one of the best Battlefield to date, right? Uh, so I hope this this isn't a last resort uh, to uh, amplify this this game. And hopefully they're making enough changes for people to um, 
engage with it. But the thing is, I mean, I feel like it kind of should have been on there from the beginning at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like a missed opportunity. And I think I, I, I'm getting used to it. And I feel like it's when a game is announced and then they say that be on the game pass, like you're a little bit more hype for it. Right. Like you're excited for it. So I feel like yeah, maybe it should have been there already. Right. And, and I don't know. I think we're kind of in a silo, right? So I talked to you about, you know, game stuff pretty much almost every week, depending on what's going on. Right. And yeah, I think that our sentiments are very, very close to what the marketplace by way of the gamers are saying, right. In relation to how they're in- interacting with certain games or not interacting with certain games. So, so I think we're kind of in a silo, but not because I don't see people uh, saying that battlefield 2042 is the greatest game experience that they've had this year when it comes to uh, first person shooters. I don't see that. No, definitely. Right. Right. So then, you know, and I definitely agree with you when it comes to, you know, stuff like this, you know, we're not, we're not trying to like talk bad about the game. We want the game to do well. We've seen other genres, especially the finding genre where you have all these finding games and they all do well in their own way. Whether you're looking at soul caliber or, you know, your Street Fighter, you know, your Tekken and, and all the other things that are out there, a lot of them, right, do well in their own way, right? And we're seeing some yeah. titles uh, struggle. Go ahead. No, 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 nothing. I was agreeing. Yeah. So, so it's, um, so it's just one of those things where, um, will individuals, uh, lean in and play Battlefield 2042 once it gets to the Game Pass? I don't know. I don't know. I think so. I personally think so. I mean, if, if it's going to be on there and you're a subscriber to um, Game Pass, yeah. I, I don't see why not. I mean, it's not going to cost you that much more. Go and try it, especially if you haven't played it yet. That's your opportunity. And I think, I think it will revive some or bring back some people. Um, I just don't see it hurting it at all. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Any other thoughts on it before we, we go to the next thing? No, no, no other thoughts. Okay. Uh, last thing I'll say on it is Battlefield 1942 to me is still uh, the thing that I remember when I think of Battlefield. And then after that will be Battlefield 4. And I think I recently shared that. So. So it is what it is. Long live Battlefield. Okay. So Nintendo Japan is now refusing to repair products if customers threaten or harass its staff, right? So let's see what that looks like. So I was looking at the article earlier. Uh, Some of the things include, right? Intimidation or threats, insulting, uh, invasion of privacy, excessive demands, demanding an apology from Nintendo or its staff without reasonable cause, excessively repeating the same request or complaint, uh, defamatory uh, comments, on social networks or websites. Now, do you do you see a trend that's going to happen with this? So I just wanted to set up in that way. And then just recently, Call of Duty had a similar situation where I think people were upset about something related to Call of Duty and people were going to the office to kind of like share their, you know, um, why they're upset about that particular experience. So you have that, uh, which is an isolated experience, in my opinion. And then you have this by Nintendo. Thoughts on that? 
So I really hope other companies, um, whether it be um, game studios or other, you know, Sony, Xbox, anybody kind of do follow this suit because we are getting to a point and it's not like it's anything new where the entitlement of gamers are just getting so excessive um, and just really over the top and so disrespectful. So I, it's disgusting to, to, to say the least on that one. It's people feeling the right that, yeah, okay, you bought a product, you are, you're entitled to some type of respect as a consumer. Um, but death threats, like, I, I see that so many times on, on Twitter about people, you know, harassing employees and some of them aren't even employees that, that work in the department that you you're kind of complaining about whether it be about game mechanics or you don't like the gooey on something or you don't like how long something starts up like it's it's really sometimes it's something really really petty and yeah there are some like frustrations about okay if you're um, if your handheld doesn't work or your PlayStation broke and, you know, your warranty is out, whatever it may be, like, just. You have to have some respect. For the human being on the other side that you're complaining to, like, you're not going to oh, I sure hope that people don't do this, but you're not going to go to some establishment. OK, so your pancakes are a little bit undercooked and then just have death threats to the waitress who's not even the person who cooked it. Um, so I really like it's gotten to the point where there hasn't been any really repercussions for people who are very <laughs> mean or rude like that. So they feel like they can just keep doing it because what are they going to do? Like, okay, the company is finally, they're just going to break down and give it to you. No, I like that there are consequences to this. I think it might be a little bit hard to some degree, um, at least for, you know, defamatory comments, because you can have some type, some sort of like hidden anonymity to being online. Um but if your Nintendo, you know, your Nintendo ID is tied to your Twitter or any of your socials, that's that's a little bit easier. Um, but I, I really do hope there's companies that follow behind this. Because if you're going to be pretty much a douche <laughs> to these people who are wanting to help you, um, yeah, you don't deserve that service. You don't deserve the help. Yeah, that's, I mean, I hope. Huh? What happened? That's pretty much it. It's just, it's kind of like you, you don't deserve that service. You don't deserve that help. You don't deserve anything. If you're going to stoop that low, thinking that if you force them, threaten them, that you're going to get what you want. No, take your temper tantrum elsewhere. Grow up. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because, um, I do see uh, a lot of companies, um, Putting things in place to make sure that the individuals that are uh, their staff, right, the individuals that are working for them um, in any capacity are as safe as possible um, when it comes to, you know, consumers um, not uh, respecting the boundaries, if you will, uh, to go as far as show up at 
you know, the corporate office of whoever. Right. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, I like this in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I wonder how does this affect, you know, their, their business? Uh, so that's the other aspect I was thinking. So if you, if you refuse to repair um, a lot of items, right. And, you know, is that, what does that look for you, um, you know, monetarily? Does that save you money? Right. So now you put that thing in place. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a weird way to think about it. I don't know. But it does that save you money or was this money that you already set aside, you know, to make sure that these things are repaired uh, or now, you know, you're setting this thing in place, knowing that individuals are going to try to, to do that anyway. And it's an easy out, you know, for you. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I don't know. Just another angle. Just another angle. Wanted to throw that in there. Uh, any other thoughts on this? I feel like definitely the employees who are deciding because they're leaving it up to the repair staff to basically refuse or not. Um, I feel like there's got to be some type of report like, hey, we're not doing this because of X, Y, Z. Here's the proof. So it's not something just like, oh, I'm just lazy today and I don't feel like doing it. There's got to be like a paper trail and a history of like, okay, you have a repeated history with our sales team or with our repairs team. We'll just block your account and then you just won't use it. <laughs> right. Right. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how, how they play uh, this out. Uh, not just Nintendo on uh, Japan, not just, you know, Activision. Uh, I'm sure other companies will incorporate, you know, this, this thing, Right. Maybe Steam, right? I know they, they, didn't they partner with a company for repairs? Didn't they outsource that? Um, I think they did. I'm not 100% think, sure. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and I think that when you look at stuff like um, all the devices that we're getting, whether it's a Steam Deck or a Logitech G Cloud or any other devices, um, and there's one that I can't say the actual um, name because I can't pronounce it. It's like AIO something. Uh, it's like a PC device uh, that's a handheld as well. And I know I completely butchered that. So my apologies. Uh, so any of these devices that are becoming common in a marketplace where you're either going to outsource or, um, you know, repair the things internally uh, may, you know, create something like that to, to keep their staff safe. So, yeah. So that's all I have on that. Um, next thing uh, Remedy confirms Control 2 is in development for PS5, X, S, X, and PC. Thoughts on that? It's interesting how you say that X, S, X, Xbox Series X. <laughs> um, no, that's, uh, that's great news because I believe they have a bigger budget for this. Um, Control was very well received and very well loved. So that's that's awesome that they're they're able to expand and continue on the story or bring on a whole new story. Uh we're not even sure yet, but that is pretty awesome. And of course, I mean, come on, it did so well. It makes sense to be on all the platforms and just keep pushing that out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like it. I like what I saw control. So I mean that to me this is positive for everyone, uh, especially those who are making the games and also those who are playing the game as well. So I'm I'm a fan. As of, you know, just like me watching the game, right? Uh, I think I have it in my library. Maybe Epic. Maybe I have it in Epic somewhere. Uh, but I, I think that, 
I really enjoyed what I saw with uh, Control. So there is that. Okay, so so this I, I definitely want you to touch on this. Um, and well, okay, so without saying anything about, it, I'll just say it. Okay, so Hideo Kojima wants to explore creating films and music. Okay, you like to explore those things in addition to games. Daniela, what are your thoughts? I would love it. I mean, I follow Kojima on on Twitter, and one of my favorite things is seeing his posts about. I basically use his as movie recommendations. Um, he has posted some stuff about music, which is always so interesting. But that's that's what has been so great. He always has these really great recommendations of what he's currently enjoying. A little short review or insight on it. Um, it's. I don't know. It's nice. I think it's kind of fitting. I think a lot. I believe that a lot of his inspiration also comes from like movies and and the way that um, Death Stranding came out. That is like a pretty much a nice deep thorough movie. And the music was amazing. The way that they he showcased and chose to showcase the music for Death Stranding was also done in such a unique way. So I am one hundred percent on board and open to that. If that is where his creative mind wants to go and i think i think video games is a great platform and a great area for an artist to expand on but so you know what just bringing that to his love his passion his creativity to other other types of medias and entertainment i'm on board i'm going to follow that man to the ends of the world earth to the ends of the universe <laughs> anywhere so I, I say, why not? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I saw says, while Kojima's fondness for film is no secret with his Twitter bio claiming that 70% of his body is made of movies, he hasn't spoken as publicly about his desire to create um, music. So I think that um, this should come of no surprise to anybody, whether he said he was considering it or not. When you go to Metal Gear and you follow like all the different stories and narratives from all the Metal Gear, Metal Gear games, uh, even all the way through, you know, Metal Gear five. Right. Then you you look at even the um, that demo that was on the PlayStation for a while and was removed, you know, that whole situation. Right. And then okay. if you Google. If you Google the Death Stranding scenes and you watch them as a movie so captivating in a lot of ways right so whether you do that with metal gear uh games or anything that he's put out i'm not surprised by this it's just what is going to be the best fit right because i think there was a recent article that talked about where he would publish his next you know game you know whatever game that he was working on if he was going to be working with you know sony or xbox or whatever it is uh, working with Sony again or work with Xbox this time or whatever. But I think that when I think about Hideo Kojima and I think about Metal Gear and and the um, the amazing storytelling that we saw uh, in Metal Gear by way of conspiracy and all the things that that was you know, that had in it. And then you look at, um, you know, Death Stranding, as I mentioned, there's no way, you know, and and I hope that, of course, he lives forever. There's no way we don't get a movie from him. There's no way. Right. That's 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 how I feel about it. 
you know, and if we did get a movie from him, it will be something that would uh, transcend and continue to inspire the individuals that are, you know, um, entering, you know, storytelling or game making, et cetera, et cetera. So, so those are my thoughts on it right now. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't already a studio that's trying to grab him, if not already is in the works with him. I really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, So when it comes to like dark uh, type of films, if it's going to be like along the lines of like your Silent Hill or if it's going to be conspiracy related in some way, shape or form. I mean, um, I think it's Annapurna, right? That's that's them. That does those type of distributions. I think I'm saying it correctly. Is it Annapurna? Um, Annapurna Interactives? Yeah. Yeah. I think of them uh, when I think of um, certain things. But uh, they're a game publisher. But don't they do this stuff in movies as well? Uh, Pictures. Okay. Yeah. Annapurna Pictures, right? So I think of them when I think of certain type of films that they house or they have their hands in. Right. And I could see them uh, working with Hideo Kojima, uh, Lionsgate. Um, if they're still Lionsgate, you know, I, I think of them as well. So there's just certain companies that I think about when I want to, uh, in my mind, connect them with, you know, individuals that we love in the space, you know, whether it's, you know, gaming space or, or, or film space, um, things that we expect to see. Uh, when it comes to certain things. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it now. Whatever he comes out with, I'm watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so there is that. The automatic, the automatic watch. So so you have that. Then you get uh the Witcher prequel Blood Origin. You get the the new trailer for that. Thoughts on that? Oh, that trailer was so good. For sure. So good. I can't wait. And then you have Michelle Yeoh on there. Oh, that woman is amazing. I can't wait. I, I, oh, oh, it looked good. Yeah, it it. it looks, yeah, I'm not mad at it either. She does all things well. Uh, The last film that, um, the, what was the title of the last film, which I really enjoyed. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So uh, she does everything well. So I'm not going to expect anything less than this uh, prequel uh, Blood Origin. So there's that. And then the next thing that we did see, uh, which I haven't seen the third yet, which I need to watch. I've seen the first. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the third one yet. But this one, um, I need to watch the third before I check out number four, of course. Uh, So John Wick Chapter Four's latest trailer. Uh, of course, we have, you know, some amazing, you know, actors in there and, you know, I, I got some faves in there. So what'd you think? Uh, yeah, come on. John Wick 4 um, chapter or John Wick chapter 4. I am so happy they're just going on with this. I mean, the, it's to me of like recent modern, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. John Wick is my favorite action series. And it's not just because it's Keanu Reeves. It just has some amazing fight sequences, amazing uh, shootouts. I don't know what you want to call those. But to me, it's definitely the last like decade, like one of my favorite 
action series. So the fact that they're continuing on this chapter four, which I believe like just before chapter three came out, they did kind of confirm that chapter four was there, but then you had COVID. So there's delays. Um, you're getting some new, you know, some new enemies in the, in John Wick chapter four. Um, in this one, uh, John Wick is, is kind of finding this or, or going on this path to defeating the high table. Um, and it's, it seems like it's just like from the trailer, it's just pretty much a global battle of, of the sort. So I'm, I'm so happy that, that this is, this is coming out. I love, love the trailer. Um, I know at some point, like if there's a John Wick chapter five that comes out, I know at some point, like this series is probably going to end. I mean, like a character like, like Wick, you, they don't get happy endings. So I'm going to be really sad if or when this happens or if chapter four is the ending. I don't know. We don't know. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I, I think this is definitely one of those movies where because I don't have a movie theater on this island that I will gladly go to Oahu to watch it. Let's say he does weekend. get a happy ending. Uh, he does not. Let's say he does. Let's let's just let's just let's just go with he does. Okay. Let's say he does, right? Would you want to see them go up to seven and then stop at seven? I don't have a set number. Like I, I want to hope to see. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the ride, but I don't have like a set amount of movies. Like I, Fast and Furious could have just died at seven. I don't know, but. Um, as much as I, I love um, the story and the movies, maybe five if I had to choose a number. Maybe five, but it's not going to have a happy okay. ending. It's not. They're not going to allow him like after killing I don't know how many people. <laughs> They're not going to let him have a happy ending. It's it's not. It's not going to happen. All right. So I want to make a prediction. All okay. right. I think that they're going to um, they're going to get him near death, and he's going to survive. And then we're going to get two more movies, at least. Why not? If there's a happy ending for this, he's going to fake his death and disappear off somewhere with his dog. Okay. Yeah, because I I don't think they want this to be over. Uh, Yeah. Well, right now, instead of it being over, I'm just going to patiently wait for March 23rd, I believe, just to see Chapter 4. And you need to see Chapter 3, Parabellum, soon. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely watch that soon. I can definitely watch that soon. The, um, you know, I love this series. I've enjoyed what I, the last thing I saw, uh, you know, the, the Matrix, which is the last thing I saw with Keanu Reeves. And that was what it was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> okay. The, that one could just not exist. Yeah. So, so I'll do, I'll do number three for, for this series and then, you know, wait for number four. Um, I don't know if uh, we talked about it. Maybe we did bri- briefly. I did see the recent Top Gun. That was really good. 
Uh, I didn't like it. Okay, fair. Um, uh, I I thought it was cool, but uh, but sticking to what we're talking about right now, I do um expect that John Wick will go for a little bit more if four does well, right? If four does well, I don't think he dies. He's not supposed to die. He's not supposed to die. And they'll ride that as long as they can, um, in my opinion. But we'll see. We'll see. Any other thoughts on it? Um, as much as I love Keanu Reeves and he makes every every movie for me, there are I'm like I'm I'm glad of the trailer I got to see uh, like Donnie Yen he was in there, uh, Bill Skarsgård, which I think Bill Skarsgård who is I I love his I love his movies I love his acting he has a very unique look to it that just fits in so many different ways. So I, I'm pretty happy that he's just getting these these roles because I believe the first the first thing I ever saw him in was um, Hemlock Grove, which is on on Netflix. Um, I I kind of just fell in love with him as an actor. So also seeing him in like as uh, Pennywise and It, uh, you see him in Atomic Blonde. Like it, he's a fun actor, so I, I'm glad to have seen him in here. He's playing, um, I believe, Marquise. Um, and I just want to see him in more movies and shows. He's just very entertaining to watch. So that one, that one I'm pretty happy about. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's up. I did enjoy the trailer. There was a lot of good trailers uh, on this uh, episode. 630. Um, last but not least, I did watch uh, this short uh, Studio Ghibli's hand-drawn Star Wars animation. It's Disney+. Plus. It's available now. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I, th- I thought it was beautiful. Uh, thoughts? It was. It was. It was like a really nice. It was only about what three minutes long. Very cute, relaxing animation. I think if you just need to chill for a few moments, throw that on because Grogu and the little the little dust sprites. It's adorable. It's calming. The music is nice and relaxing. So if you just need a moment in your day to just. And the title of that little short is perfect. It's called Zen. Um, throw that on. Yeah, it was, it's not that it really, it really quite adds on to the Star Wars universe, but it's just relaxing and cute. <laughs> Yeah, and Disney puts on a lot of different things. Um, their catalog for Disney Plus is is really massive, right? Uh, so when we get things like that, or even the short interviews uh, that you get uh, between the Marvel stuff to connect the stories together, the the short um, pieces um, as you're watching, you know, the actual timeline uh, for Marvel, I think those are really really good. Which a lot of them I didn't even know they existed. So watching it the way I'm watching it now to kind of catch up to phase four um, and get a better feel for the entire universe um, from the cinematic side of things, I think has been really enjoyable in a lot of ways. But uh, but yeah, Disney Plus, they got it. They got it going on. Definitely one of the subscriptions that is worth it. Although yeah, for I sure. Think I, I will say, though, I have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure I get it. Yeah, actually, I get it through Verizon. They actually have a good deal where it's included in one of their packages. Um, I think if you have to upgrade to 5G, yeah, like Hulu. 
you have basic Hulu and then you have Disney Plus and I think ESPN on that. If you have Verizon, something to consider. Part of their package is included in there. Or I would say the subscription itself is worth it because before I jumped on for Verizon part, I was subscribed to Disney Plus on my own. Got it. Got it. Uh, beautiful stuff. Disney Plus is dope. Um, I think I need to catch up on some Hulu stuff. Uh, they have some some good stuff as well. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's all we have for episode 630. Uh, make sure you tell a friend about the show. Uh, subscribe and share as well as uh, rate and review. Those, those things are always appreciated. Uh, and Daniela, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on all the social media and a Mastodon at Miss DJM. And Andrew, where can they find you? Thanks for the reminder to do that. You can find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. I appreciate you listening to this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.